0: Welcome to another episode of Breakthrough, a Dale Carnegie podcast, and Faith and I are delighted to have our guests, really privileged to have our guests here. We have Tony Zhang and Moshuan Zhu, and really why why it's important for them to be part of this podcast is we know that money matters. You know, one of my favorite quotes from Zig Ziglar is, uh, money is not everything, but it ranks up there with oxygen. (laughs) So, so it's really important that we manage it well, and um, we don't want it to control us. We certainly want to be able to control our money. So I'm really looking forward to to really talking through why this is important and, and how we can get tips, advice, and maybe just learn about its importance for all of us here. So uh, I, I guess, Tony, I want to ask you the first question, if I may, um, sure. and maybe just to, to get us going, just introduce yourself and what it is you're trying to achieve, and then, Moshwan, the same for you, right? And then we'll, we'll get into our questions, if that's okay. So just tell us a bit about yourselves. Tony, please be first.
1: Perfect. Thank you. Uh, this is also an honor and privilege to talk with you. I think the first day we met, um, that big name of uh, Dale Carnegie resonates a lot. What mm-hmm. I've gone through in terms of developing myself and also getting into a business. The quote you just introduced ahead of the conversation reminds me that there's something important, but we can't chase after it. Mm-hmm. this goes back to what is the approach? What is our understanding? And as engineer, I was never satisfied with something my mentor or my coaches taught me, how to do good in business, where using software engineering to help corporations to do a better job. Your more common way to tell is how do we help business make more money? So I was rather um, I wouldn't say successful, but I kind of got to a place where I don't have to worry about losing my job. I didn't have to worry about uh, is there a project I can take over as an owner for myself. I started a company back in my 38, 37 and I was doing project, but I don't just don't find that driver anymore when I've been in the business for 20 years. So, My next question is, if I were able to get where I am, how can I help other people, especially younger people, which I'm pretty sure is your audience are listening to this podcast, how can they be having those seed in their mind? Where am I going? What are the challenges I'm facing? Is there a way for me to digest what is ahead of me to prepare better, not to have a smooth ride, but to be less fearful or more tolerance of uncertainty and also the failure. So that's part of the reason we started an organization called Apex Learn, where we believe as Gen Z or as our parents, as ourselves, as Gen X and Gen Y, we also going through continuous learning process. I don't know what's ahead of me, but I'm really, really excited to work with whoever is on our journey to either be partner with or learn from each other. Nice, I like it. Go ahead, mate, over to you. Sure. Hey, everybody. My name is Moshen
2: Zhu. Originally, I came to the United States in uh, uh, 2008 for my master's degree in mechanical engineer. And uh, soon after graduation, I started working for a startup and then moved on to a bigger company. But the problem is, uh, working as an engineer for the first day since, I can sense that uh, how would I be like in my 60s? It's a really tough feeling to have when you can see your 60s when you were 20s. Uh, And actually, as soon as we're out of the school, I realized that my cognitive level or learning curve start to go plateau. And uh, that's a bad feeling. So that's why I've been looking for opportunities to grow myself again. Actually uh, organizations like Derek Carnegie has been doing a lot of work, trying to re-educate people going back to learning, right? And that's actually what I've been looking to. And fortunately I came across Tony, my business partner and um, uh, through his journey, I realized that there's, I can restart my learning process. And that's why, how I started the uh, Apex Learn platform with Tony together. Mm. And uh, through Apex Learn, actually, we are trying to reignite uh, people's learning, not only on uh, personal finance, but also on other aspects of psychology, philosophy, uh, parenting, etc. But mm. like um, Neville said, um, the personal finance part of it is actually so critical. That's, But in the meantime, it's not taught in school. I talked to a lot of teenagers. Um, they are still in their junior high or high school. I asked them, did you ever have this kind of courses? They said, well, no, not systematically. There, there are probably some mentions here and there, but no. And I asked them, would you like to sign up for this kind of a lesson? If there is an opportunity for you to enroll, they said, oh yeah, definitely. But there's no... People who's volunteering or spending their time really to educate them. So I think that's what where we want to really solve the problem. Well,
0: let's focus on maybe what what part of the problem maybe might be, and maybe that's where you can. And, and again, either one of you could answer the question, I guess. But you, know, you were saying, Tony, earlier, it's where do I go to? What is life like? Can can I be less? Can I be less fearful in that process? And when it comes to planning for the future, wanting to buy a home, buying a car. What are some of the fears that you're seeing or the concerns that you're seeing young people are having when it comes to starting out in their careers? They're earning this money for the first time. The banks are you know, throwing loans and credit cards at them. And what, what are some of the advice that maybe you could share about, about these, young, these young adults starting their businesses, got their master's degrees, and now all of a sudden have to manage these credit cards and short-term debt that they have?
1: Right. So I'll share my perspective and emotion. Uh, tell his story, and we are actually ten years apart. That's one of the benefit. We're partnering people who has different experience. Goes back to the question where I think a lot of younger people, their experience with money, has a lot to do with their past experience inherited from their parents or what they heard over the inter- on the internet from their teacher. So they have not get a chance to learn how the psychology and neuroscience behind those monetary decisions we're now going to make. So you can't really be an intelligent investor if you were only reading stuff on the internet, getting the advertising from the bank. Some are fear driven, allow you to make quick decisions to satisfy the immediate uh, satisfaction, gratification. And some are trying to filter out their candidates so that they have better customer. So the market isn't training people to better use their intelligence and the money towards their advantage. So the planning horizon is so long that people really don't have enough time to educate people on. So that's one of the reasons instead of giving them advice right away, I would hear them to say that, why do they fear this way? Is it because of what they have been going through, or is it because of what something they have heard over somebody else, which they believe it might be correct? So my advice to them is try to get some education how neuroscience works when you're trying to make a financial decision. Is there fear driven or greed driven? And then we we'll figure out how we can help you to set up a foundation for you to make a decision that really, really in the benefit of yourself.
0: Faith in neuroscience about fears of making many decisions. Not about you, but I, <laughs> I don't often think about that when I go to the bank about oh, is it, am I making decisions cognitively out of fear or is it a desire? So it's, I find it really interesting. Uh, no, you want to share some insights or, or you know your thoughts? Or, you know, if, if, again, what you know? if again, what what could you add to that? I have a, another question possibly but faith. I don't. Sure. If you have another, please jump in. Go for it.
2: Um, actually, speaking of uh, fears, I think a lot of the fears, actually, when I was a young uh, professional, a lot of the fears actually come from the uncertainty, the uncertainty of, OK, if I make this, this decision, would I go into a, a wrong route? If I make a different decision, would I be better off? So mm-hmm. the uh, decision uh, decision making process actually is bothering the young professionals. Uh, sometimes I call it perfect uh, uh, trying to achieve a perfect scenario. Mm -hmm. Actually, more than often, the consequence is more severe if we don't do anything. Mm. Actually, I encourage young people to actually uh, find a route, get a plan, find a route, and then go with it. Fail, but fail fast, and fail with some um, experiment that they can leverage down the road. I think that's one of the things that I've learned over the years.
3: Mm -hmm. I love the idea. Go ahead, go ahead, yeah, Tony. I
1: completely uh, agree with what you just said. Well, mm-hmm. instead of pondering on the decisions for too long, don't take action. You may yeah. become one of those uh, investors or decision makers in the middle age or even after you having a family, regret about something you haven't done. So while you were young, even you might fail, but fail fast, and then you can always recover from that.
3: Yes, it is so important to have awareness of what we're thinking and that psychological component to okay. not just finances, but everything. When it comes to the philosophy that you guys have shaped this around, can you talk about that element of it, too? Yeah,
1: yeah. so one of the, one of the uh, better illustrated way I have seen in recent days, I use that in my training material, is imagine the financial future is a tree. And the tree we know that has a huge root. Is the root is as big as the tree uh on the top of, on a, a, above the earth level? So there is a there's a tree trunk and there's branches and there's leaves. So most people, when they come to financial advice, they were talking about the leaves. They're basically waving the leaves. They heard or they got from some or somebody else say, Is this good? Is this a good strategy? Is this good uh tactic tech- tactical? way to doing things, should I buy this? Is this cheap enough? Something like that. But where the financial healthy of the individualized supposed to be holistic will starting from the root, which what is your value system? Do you value your family over your personal achievement? Their values are in conflict, but if you don't figure that out at the root level, it's not going to be healthy along the way when you grow up. So, and then go to a trunk level, is your life principles, your life philosophies, what kind of life you're trying to live, reflecting the value you honored. And then go to the branches, that's where the financial strategy goes going play. You may have education strategy, you may want to borrow, you may want to go to cheaper school, and those strategies are supposed to align with your life goal you're trying to achieve. And then finally, is the leaves, which is a product you purchase, or tactical solutions. What's the short-term plan in the next three years, stuff like that. Mm. So that's, to me, is an overall financial strategy that everybody should be starting from the bottom up instead of just going go with the fancy thing what has been talked about on internet recent days.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that internet conversation is a challenging one, right? Because there's this fad and people try and follow a trend. And I see you nodding on that mode. You want to just comment or share? How do we avoid ourselves getting trapped in a fad or a trend that can actually cost us more money? What are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, I can't agree with, uh, more with Tony on the part that we need to first understand ourselves, understand our values. Actually, we started to introduce a uh, game into the daily routines with our business. When we first see someone who's consulting with us, who's coaching with us, actually we would uh, uh, have a dash of value cards with them so that mm-hmm. they can select the values and um, uh they narrow it from 50 cards to 15 to 10. And then the five cards, the five cards are the core values of these people. So when we are making decisions, if we can pause for just a second and thinking, okay, what part of it is satisfying my values? Is it aligned with my core values? If it does not, maybe I should rethink whether I should be doing this because that's, If that's not something that i value then i might as well not putting my focus my attention to it nowadays um money is uh, is uh important but but actually more important for us is the attention Uh, uh, tony and i have a um, um, talk about it is that the attention is also um, a currency we call it attention currency actually uh, the f- thing that we focus on grows, right? If we focus on playing, our our capability of playing actually grow. If we focus on study, the f- capability of studying grow. So um, that's uh, another aspect is how do we actually uh, accumulate or start to um, uh, build some uh, uh, like a micro or atomic habits. Uh, that's uh, That's also crucial because, um, to start a habit of, okay, reading, for example, is hard. If I want to read an hour a day, that's really hard. But actually, if we can start with maybe open up the book today or just put on our shoes uh, before uh, today to achieve my exercise goal, that's actually gradually, it it becomes more natural and can drive us away from all the um, TikToks or internet or trend, trends that uh, we we want to have uh, gain our uh, individualism, or also, also our critical thinking back.
3: Well, Sean, I love how you're talking about those atomic habits and the small steps that we can take to get to where we want to be. A lot of times people look at it as this huge mountain they have to climb in order to start doing this habit, but really just taking that first step and not looking at the big picture but just saying how can I start moving at least today and not just stand still Um, when it comes to Gen Z um, we know that they love TikTok and Instagram and all those things how would you recommend um, high school or college students that are listening to this be able to put down the TikTok and focus their attention on something other than social media. Do
1: you have any advice for that? I'm just curious. Mojin, you want
2: to try first? Sure. Actually, I was just talking to a parent who has teenager uh, kids the other day, and uh, he agrees that uh, the Instagram, the TikTok has just takes so many time. And uh, one of the um, uh, conversations that I carried on, what if what if us parents start to take them out into the nature? What if we, we go into like a national parks and uh, be there for a couple of days so we have full access to the nature instead of through the phone? There's no signals there. You can't do anything with, the, with your phone pretty much, right? So, and also in, in that process, you can start engaging with them and uh, they can feel the beauty. Once they feel the beauty of the nature, um, actually, the, the, the time used, uh, the usage on the phone actually becomes less. Tony, you want to add something
1: yeah when 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 faith commented earlier on that people may have big plans, but when you start engaged to it, there is distraction, there is um there is a frustration. and how do we move ahead? There's a lot of things that either physical limitation or economic, even imitation, they may be inherited uh, from their from the environment. And I think that's where the Carnegie concept really can play a huge role in those youngsters' mind, where we emphasize on how do we be kind to people and then develop the positive from, or discover the, the positive from that person and use that as a starting point to encourage them to do baby steps. And once they achieve those baby steps, if we create an environment, either their fellow classmates or friends or the parents, hopefully they're in the program as well, and then we all give them the recognition of what they have achieved, then that goes to the upward spiral where they don't have to rely on the social media, either give them the superficial encouragement or they put them into comparison with those peer pressures.
0: It's having that self-confidence, right? Or making that, having that decision-making ability. I think that that's really important. I remember when we started speaking about some of my personal stuff, right? I've come; I have a financial planning background, and I and I come into a country where it's very different. The credit score is a big deal here, right? And I've got to learn that process. And you know, I come from a family where we want to invest in property, but learning, you know, learning through conversation with with the two of you that that's one method, but there's very many other options, right? And and starting small and scaling is something that's also very important. So it's one of the things that maybe I, I think for my kids, you know, when they, when they finish studying, they're going to get into the workforce. Mm-hmm. What are some of the simple disciplines that we should work, look at to, to have control of our money? I mean, for example, I, 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 encourage my you know, I will be encouraging my family and my kids to save 20% of what they earn, right? That's what I've done. That's what I was brought up to do. I listened to someone say, save 50% and you can retire, you know, 20 years earlier. I, I don't know if I might have started a bit late, but, what are some of those little disciplines that when we have our young adults going to work, starting as a part-time job or going in a full-time job, what are some of the advice that you could share for a parent to try and instill so they can break those habits? Because I also saw a study from Pew, Pew Research was showing that these young adults know that they're on their phones too much. It's not that yep. they don't know, they hold each other accountable. They, hmm. So what are the things that we can instill as parents say, Hey, well, think about how you can manage yourself better. Be proactive. I'll be curious here. What, what, what are some tips? Or what advice would you give us to yep. give those young adults?
1: Here is something I recently found interesting. This is up to debate and up to discussing as well. Human as a creature of rational thinking, we want to gain control of everything. Mm. That's by nature. Where investment is a different animal, where it's not subject to your control, where is the recession coming? How the market evolve is not up to our com- control. Mm-hmm. So what I my advice to parents and young adults is control your spending habit, control your saving habit. This is where you can control how much percentage. Like rightly you said, twenty percent, ten percent depends on mm-hmm. what level of burden you have, whatever earning power you have. But once you have the money into the market, lose the control. Either let the market writing through or not a professional to help you manage it. Mm. And that's where you're supposed to focus on your career instead of how the money is developed or domesticated, Because to me, cryptocurrency is going to consume a lot of your time and you will never figure out what's going on behind the scenes. Mm. It's not regulated at all. Now, individual market, everybody has their own opinion. Internet is a platform. Everybody's opinion got valued. But not necessarily appreciate it. So, in order for you, if you have aspiration to become a financial professional, you're welcome to understand more and then even go into Wall Street. But if you're not, you have a career path. I would suggest you focus on that instead of the money that you you invested. Mm. I
0: like that you say use a professional. May you want to share your insights on that or something?
2: Yes, uh, I, I can share some tips that I've been using. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I think it's good to, uh, there's a Chinese old saying that whenever you got, if you want to really reach a wealthy um, state, then first two things that you need to do, you need to control your budget. And then you need to uh, think about earning more, right? Two things. So starting from the control your budget. So I when I first started uh, working, I didn't have the habit of, uh, um managing my own bills for, mm-hmm. for budgeting, right? So if I can you know, go through my monthly spending and go through one item by, by items, actually you, you'd be finding a lot. Actually, you are spending, but not you're not using it. For example, some people are using three subscriptions like a Hulu, Disney and uh, Am- uh, Amazon, right? You're paying for three, but how many are we really watching? Can we get rid of those two? If we can uh, save 20 bucks or 30 bucks a month, that accumulates in the 20 year span. That's a lot of money. Uh, another thing is that, um, um coming from my engineering background i know from an energy reserve point of view actually from an air conditioning point of view sometimes we turn it down too low even though we're away actually there are smart uh, technologies that you can l- l- use like a smart thermostat you can manage it when you are away turn down turn up the um, uh, air conditioner and when you're at home turn it down so that conserves energy uh, that's the from a budgeting point of view, but also uh, and also from a saving point of view, just leveraging some some good tools that we can use automatically saves for you and invests for you. Also, like Tony mentioned, leveraging some professional help, some professional guidance. Mm-hmm. That's where I actually benefited a lot.
1: Yeah, I think in summary, what uh, Mojin says, complementing to what I said, is for something has a simple answer, let's try to automate it so that we don't think about it, right? And then using it right away. But anything that is complex, that is outside of our control, we should loosen up to it. Not a professional to own it or not a investment principle to, to follow so that you don't get interfere into the middle where you have no control anyway.
3: Absolutely. I really appreciate both of your insights on that and, and knowing, okay, what can we control and what can we not control? right, that locus of control and focusing yeah. on those things that we can. Um, in terms of client success stories or breakthroughs that you've seen in clients, um, could you share maybe something from a young adult that has been a light bulb moment or a breakthrough story in your eyes? Tony, you can start first and then Moshon.
1: Right, I have a, I have a story um about five years ago when I was first building this business uh I travel a lot sometimes to a remote location where we know nobody so we actually was lucky I met a professor in one of the event and he invited me to go to his local community just do a seminar with them so I wasn't expecting a lot I just go and after the event I end up having 10 15 appointments one after another so apparently they all have concerns they all have doubts and they wanted to have professional opinion and there was one client i got on that day she's actually economic professor in university of west virginia so i got curious she knows more economy than me at that time i was very junior in my profession and then I know the product side of the things more. And, but she knows overall economy. He has more academic background. And the leap of faith he had on me has a huge impact on my self-confidence. So later on, we become good friends. And I become friends with her family. They have three kids, one of her kids. Every time I get there, I try to visit them. So when they become my repeated customer, having more to me and even consulting me when they try to buy a new home, and then how to invest the rest of money they saved. So that brought me thinking that, by the way, her husband is a, also achieved a doctor in local, focused on uh, radiology uh, profession. What brought me thinking is that the knowledge is something we all can learn in academic setting or social media or internet, where now it's almost free for access to, for example, our podcast. But how do we apply to it is a challenge, not just for everyday people, not just for younger people, but also for achieved professionals like professors as well. So I think there's a, there's a room for every profession to dig deeper. How do we service people in a more uh, intellectual stipulated way where have a conversation, one may needs to another, but not to focus on the transaction. So to some extent, we have I have given their professional opinion plus through conversation, we start building trust between two individual person and then uh, spam into a family relationship. And they in turn also give me the benefit of the early business encouragement. They also give me referral business as well. So that's something uh, become one of the story I remember from early on in the business, but has continuously evolved to be even bigger story.
2: Yeah, um, for me, actually uh, uh, the best story is probably to tell my own story. I came into the industry without any knowledge about how to manage my personal finance. And later on, I realized one of the friends who used to actually debate a lot with me actually started to change all of a sudden, Have uh, able to observe different perspectives and also um, were able to give some suggestions that actually um, peacefully. So, uh, and I become curious and uh, I realized that that friend has been training with Tony, has been consulting and doing the coaching. So then I realized, okay, that's an opportunity for me to regrow again. And over the years, actually, one of the mentality of how do we really effectively forming a habit is actually to have the intention to help others form that habit. For example, if somebody to uh, is um, want to quit smoking, then find somebody that uh, he or she can help to quit smoking. In In that process, actually, I'd be able to quit smoking or quit drinking better. Um, same principles applies to personal finance. If you really want to be good at personal finance, find somebody who you think that needs that knowledge and start helping them. Then you yourself be, be able to do it better. I was actually in the process of learning, but have the mentality, okay, I, I, I see people out there that actually needs this information and knowledge which I can help. And during that process, I can remember this knowledge is better. And I am able to actually apply my personal finance as an example to show people that this is really working. So that has been a breakthrough over the years. Although we, we talk of breakthrough, it seems like overnight, but actually a lot of the breakthrough actually is from over time when you don't see anything happening. And then all of a sudden there's breakthrough. Breakthrough doesn't happen overnight.
0: I love this, like teachable moments. Say eh? that like, uh, the best learners are teachers, and what you're sharing there. I'm wrote it down. I think it's a great a great advice. You want help with personal finance, you want to help, go help someone with theirs, and together you're learning, right? And we feed yep. off each other. Yeah, um, you, you guys left some good tips. I love that tip about managing your bills, Hulu, YouTube, Amazon, etc. Right? It's and doing that activity. So I'm just curious before we close out our session, if if you give us another Financial tips? Are there tools or there apps that you would suggest? What could what would help us to maybe just stay on top of some of these things? Do you maybe have one or two more tips each, and then and then we'll close out our, our, our interview. These are great ideas.
2: I, yeah. I can start off with some tips and uh, Tony can uh, add on to uh, with more uh, concepts and principles. So for some of the tips for young professionals, when they got out of school and they start to want to start building their habits, actually, they are uh, because of the they haven't really had the history of uh, of credit. So they can start using some credit cards. Uh, which is called prepaid credit cards, right? So you pay like $200 in and then you use it. And then you start to build build up your credits. Also, monitoring your credits is important. Uh, there is an um, app called uh, Credit Karma that you can actually use and monitor your credit score. Actually, you can even simulate how uh, for certain activities that you do, how would it impact your credit scores? Also, there's another one for uh, bill management and your, also your, to, to have an overview of your total uh, asset. There's a, something called a Mint, M-I-N-T dot com. If you sign up there, it's free. You can monitor your, all your uh, accounts and you see the, all the accesses and you can do your budgeting up there. Fantastic.
1: Thanks. Tony, any last tools for me? Yeah, that's really some pretty, uh, practical tools. So I'm going to uh, share two concepts what I, over the last 80 years, I kind of summarize it and I keep, keep, keep refine it. So most recently, I come to the conclusion that when, when the younger people make a decision, especially when they try to do something for long-term, they will think about something can be used multiple times or in multiple ways. Basically, flexibility is one of the things that you think about. And for example, the reason people get rid of the digital camera and the, the pager, all those things using a smartphone is integration, right? Integration gives you the convenience of trying to attack a- every aspect, even though they may not perform the best quality if you compare single item-wise. So in industry, there are tools considered as structured tools where they can take care of your saving, your tax planning, your life insurance, and estate plan, all those things. You may, you may not use that right away, but think about that ahead of time it will benefit you because as you're younger, you tend to get it cheaper. So that's one aspect to it. Try to integrate as much as possible while maintaining flexibility. The second thing is, think about what that tool gives you, um, shapes your behavior, shapes your personality. For example, whatever you buy, whatever you use, shapes your brain as you continue to use it. And so you have a good habit, you become better better in terms of behavior. You form a bad habit, then you're going the other way around. And then every day compounds each other. So I would challenge the younger people to ask yourself, does this tool I own gives me the dopamine? And also sometimes gives me, give me one second. And sometimes gives you cortisol level raised, right? Is that worth only the product? So just like the sugar, the sugar itself is not a problem, but the sugar spiking in our blood, that's the problem. So the same thing, if the tool gives you the dopamine at spiking, then that means it gives you more risk-taking route. It pushes you go take more risk, which I think in financial, you should not be taking too much risk than necessary, right? You have a financial goal, write it down. As long as you achieve the goal, don't take any unnecessary risk. If you buy a home just to buy a home, you don't shorten the period you're saving for buying a home, just saving for the down the down payment. So that's something I challenge every younger people to do. Keep challenging yourself, ask the question, what does this tool gives me everyday feeling? Am I feeling comfortable? Am I feeling safe and secure? Am I suddenly too happy, suddenly too sad? And that's something I would avoid by by, by all means.
3: That is so good, Tony. Thank you so much for sharing all these tips and motion as well. So many good principles that we unpacked here today and advice for our listeners. I have no doubt that this was very beneficial, including for myself and Neville. So thank you for all of that. Um, You know, really integrating as much as possible with maintaining flexibility. That really stood out to me um, as well as looking at my own behaviors and how I can change them so that it is um, productive and will serve me well for in the future as I want to take command of my future so thank you and for anyone that wants to contact you guys and learn more about Apex Family Wealth how can they connect with you on what platforms would you like them to go to can you share that
1: yeah We have a web front. It's called apexlearn.org. It's a nonprofit organization. That's the entry point for everybody trying to know more about how education can change their behavior and decision making, especially on finance. And we're trying to build a podcast like you guys. So one day I will interview Naville as well to kind of give two cents on fellow investors how he can become a successful entrepreneur in his home country and again in America. So this is where uh, we kind of uh, as engineer background, we don't spend enough time on marketing, but that's something we can all learn and grow. This is that that's why I call this is our breakthrough, to not be camera shy as we already are, and <laughs> or talk more with people and then exchange information more, so we can both learn. And you told us we can automate the simple things, right? We can exactly. automate exactly.
3: <laughs> exactly. Well, I'll put that link down below so that. Listeners can go to that website to get in contact with both of you. And thank you again for being on the podcast. Thank you for those that are listening. If you'd like to connect with Dale Carnegie on social media, you can find us on Instagram at Dale Carnegie East NC. And thank you, Neville, for being a wonderful co-host. And we will see you guys on the next episode. Thank you. Bye. Thanks,
0: everyone. Thank, thank you. So much. Have a good day.
3: Awesome.